to This is the Day with Pastor Wade Scarborough. It is our prayer that something is said or done to make your walk through this journey called life a little lighter and brighter. You can follow Pastor Wade at Real Pastor Wade on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. He looks forward to walking with you on this journey together to breakthrough, victory, redemption. Pastor Wade is anointed and experienced in multiple areas of life. God uses him to have us look at our challenges in ways we may never have seen before. Now the moment we've all been waiting for, Pastor Wade Scarborough. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to This is the Day with Pastor Wade. Oh, man, it seems like I've been away from you guys for a long, long time. I know we just finished up a, a previous conversation and a, a series that we just ended, uh, but it's an honor and privilege that you have taken the time out of your life to walk with me on this journey we call life. I'm excited about this conversation that we're about to uh, go into, this journey that we're about to embark on, this new journey uh, right now. For those joining us for the very first time, let me just say welcome. You know, listen, I don't take that lightly. You know, you could be doing anything right now. I know folks is quarantined and in the house. Some people are, are laid off. 47 million people are out of their jobs right now. I get it. Uh, you know, unemployment is running out for a lot of people. Uh, I get that too. Um, listen, everything is online right now. So you can get whatever you need is online. And so you could be doing a whole bunch of other stuff, joining a whole bunch of conversations, but you decided to join. This is a day with Pastor Wade. So I just want to say welcome. Let me let you know what this conversation is all about. We like discussing various topics that the church body does not talk about on a Sunday or in depth at a Bible study or, or shut down from talking about it all together because of the sensitive nature of the subject. All of us, no matter what we think, feel, or believe, without judgment, will not be made to feel like your feelings or opinion are not valid. And we can have a conversation freely here on This is the Day with Pastor Wade. I'm very big on come let us reason together. We bought the reason together and have a good time right now. Uh, also, uh, we're in times of uncertainty right now. Many people are experiencing various, various challenges that could be affecting your faith. Doubt can be creeping in. You may feel paralyzed and cannot move. Let's go back to the basics of faith. And no matter where you are in your faith walk, whether you have no faith at all, uh, faith of a size of a mustard seed, or the faith of a size of a watermelon, there is always room for growth. This series, this conversation that we are about to embark on, ladies and gentlemen, is how to apply faith. You know, a lot of people just say, look, gotta just have faith. Gotta just have faith. A lot of people don't understand what does that actually mean? Well, we're going to go all the way to the basis. This series is going to be very long. I mean, not this conversation today, but this is going to be a, a, a long series when you talk about faith, because we just finished uh, a series on uh, how to treat one another. So we did the 59 uh, one another's that are in the Bible. And then before that, we did the 10 uh, principles of, of a relationship for a successful relationship. And then before that, we did uh, in times, how uh, will it look? And so right now, this conversation is very relevant uh, during this time because a lot of people, because they're out of their jobs, because uh, there's so much uncertainty, social unrest, there's so many things going on right now. So mis misinformation, disinformation, no information, wrong information, right? There's just so much going on right now and people are losing hope. 
their people are losing uh, faith, uh, especially in God. Uh, they're losing uh, faith in just everything. And so uh, let's talk about what faith is and how to apply it and how to get you uh, back on track and how to get you from where uh, where you are to where God wants you to be. So we're going to talk about the how-tos, uh, how to... Uh, uh, about your faith, how to apply your faith, and uh, we're just going to start from the beginning, and and we're just going to have a great conversation over the next several weeks, and listen, you're going to enjoy this. Get your popcorn ready. Uh, get your pen and paper. Uh, listen to this, uh, not only uh, by yourself, but uh, with somebody you love, and pass it on to your, your friends and family, because trust me, everybody, no matter what level you're at right now, during this time, uh, their faith has been infected in some way uh uh-oh not affected infected some way shape or form and definitely in the church uh people's faith have been infected it's infected the way they believe the way affect the way they see discernment everything has been affected that's why the church is really paralyzed at this time as previously those that know me i'm really upset just with the church body as a whole i mean one let's not even talk about the institution of church we're gonna leave that alone because the institution of church is uh, don't get me started but just the way the the different parts of the body are reacting not responding to what's going on we're supposed to be as the church body as the body of Christ, we are supposed to be the example right now, and we are failing. A lot of people, you know, want to get back to church and get back into the building so we can scream, shout, holler, and all that kind of stuff. And I'm going to be like, for what? Because we failed during this time. Ain't nothing to scream and shout, holler. Now, John MacArthur's church, they can scream, shout, and holler because they've been continuing uh, to spread the gospel, also following the law at the same time and exercising their faith. See, I am already in trouble right now. I can feel it. But listen, it is what it is. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, we have a tradition here. Oh man, I shouldn't say traditions, rituals. That's the problem with the church right now. We got so many traditions and rituals right now, but we like here on this day, we we like to say this is a plane and we're going to take off together because you know, when we get on a plane, they do that little same old, uh, uh, the same story. They try to give you that same thing. Like make sure your seat and tray tables in the upright position because we're going to take off together. Well, I like to tell you everybody, say, listen, we're going to take off together. So make sure your seat and tray tables are in the upright position. And if you feel any turbulence on this plane, that is God just shaking the plane at the very root of what does not belong here. And if you're listening with somebody, look at them and say, you ready? And you look back at them and say, I'm ready. Then let's go. Let's talk about understanding and applying your faith. Remember, in all thy getting, let's get understanding. Remember this, without faith, we can do nothing. We could just stop right there, stop the show. It's a wrap. Let's let let, let that uh, preach itself. That could just speak for itself. That's a conversation of its own. Without faith, we can do nothing. Period. And right now, you're seeing a lot of nothing being done right now. Just a lot of talk. People are arguing about elections. This person, that person, talk about lesser two evils. Uh, I mean, people don't even understand why they're voting. What? What is the need to vote? What? 
where their vote really counts, where it does not count, nothing about politics, nothing like that. If we would just concentrate on pleasing God and having faith in God right now versus the worldly stuff that is going on right now, where would we be? I'm going to leave that alone because I'm in trouble and I don't care. Now, <laughs> principal scriptures. Now, uh, so I don't have to repeat all the different scriptures because you know I'm gonna take I'm gonna put, keep everything in context and you know uh, anytime you listen to somebody especially when they use the scriptures you know I'm very big on context you know because always remember if you take the word text out of context all you are left with is a con and here at this is the day with Pastor Way we will not con you here we're just gonna stick with the text we're gonna stick exactly what it says what God feels about it how it applies to us now in this day and age so here's some of the principal scriptures if you want to write them down so as i go through uh different points and we talk about it that uh you don't have to say well where is he at right now i may mention exactly where i reference something from but you'll have all the scriptures here uh uh, just before we get started. So uh, some of the scriptures, well, here's most of the scriptures. Uh, Mark 9, 23, uh, Luke 17, 5 through 6, Romans 1, 16 through 32, Romans 3, 22, and Romans 5, 1 through 11, uh, Romans 10, 14 through uh, 17, and Romans 12, uh, 3 through 4. Also 1 Corinthians 16, uh, 13 through 14, 2 Corinthians 5 uh, and 7, uh, 2 Corinthians uh, 13 and 5, Galatians uh, 3, 1 through 14, Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, Colossians 2, 6 through 12, Hebrews 2 and 4, also Hebrews 11, 1 through 6, uh, also Hebrews 12 and 2, uh, James, the book of James, 1 uh, 2 through 4, also chapter 2, uh, 14 through 26, also 1 Peter 1, 7 through 9, and 2 Peter 1, uh, 2 through 9, uh, and also drop down to verse 16, and then finally 1 John 5 and 4. Let's get into it, ladies and gentlemen. We are called, understand, we are called to learn and develop faith because faith is essential uh, and of the utmost importance to every aspect of a Christian life. Now, I know some people right now may not uh, believe what I believe, and that's okay. You, you're going to, you believe in something. Now, whether you, who's the true God, all that kind of stuff, listen, that's another conversation that we need to lead to, uh, that we can have another day. I believe uh, in God, uh, Jehovah Sabaoth, the God of the universe, Yahweh, Jehovah. I believe that uh, he sent his son, Jesus, uh, who is the lamb uh, of God, who, who was called the Christ. Now, even though the word Christ has been used in several different forms in the, uh, throughout history, you can look that up for yourself. He is the Christ. He is the, the true Christ, the uh, uh, original, the, the, the Savior, the Messiah, the anointed one that we've been waiting for. So I believe that in every fiber of my being. So what you believe, whether whatever background, whatever cultural background, whatever religious background that you have, uh, that is okay. That That is between you and you. <laughs> so uh, I'm just letting you know what I believe, and I'm not putting my opinions and beliefs on you. All I'm just giving you is what faith is for the 
Christian or the disciple of Christ. Now, you can apply that to anything you want because the principle works. That's why L. Ron Hubbard and Scientology uh, have been so big uh, throughout uh, throughout uh, this generation is because all they did was take God out of it. That's what Scientology is. Yeah, the power of the mind and have faith, but no God. Uh, uh, wait. Uh, uh, that's what Scientology is about. So you'll see a lot of different things where false doctrines, things like that, where people uh, do that, take God out of it. And it's all about the universe and all that kind of stuff. And if that's your thing, so be it. But understand this, without faith, we can do nothing as Christians, especially those who are responsible for the education and cares of others. We are called to build our spiritual formation from the solid foundation of the Bible. That's Romans 10 and 17 and Hebrews 11 and 6. By understanding faith and what Jesus has done for us, you will be able to hear uh, his call and put into action real effective Christian growth and action by faith for his glory and the kingdom. Remember, everything is about the kingdom. Remember, John the Baptist says, uh, behold, the lamb or the kingdom of God is at hand. What are we saying is now there is a Oh, I hate to say new world order. There's a new regime. There's a new government. There's a new order right now, which is God's way of doing things and being right. So in life, there will be times of stress, uncertainty, and failure, kind of like right now. Uh, anybody feel a little stress right now? Any uncertainty out there? We got a lot of that going around and a lot of failure is going on. There's some successes, but also there's a lot of failure. People feel like they are failing. Like I tell you, like right now, the church as a body is failing at this moment. We are so divided. We are at each other's throats right now. Uh, some believe this, that, mass, no mass, this, mandatory, this, mandatory, that. Listen, you lose, you lose Pastor Wade when you say mandatory anything. You lose me when I don't have free will and you do, but you're trying to make me believe what you believe. Listen, let people believe what they want to believe. The Bible is very clear about let every man be convinced in their own mind. Oh man, God, I think my phone's ringing right now, y'all. I think somebody right now is calling me right now. Somebody upset with me, but you know what? It is what it is. This is the life we're living in right now. That's why we're getting closer to end times. That's why faith is so important in this time because you got people that have been in uh, walking with God for years and they're lining themselves up and about to take the mark of the beast without question, without question. And somebody just got mad at me, but that is the simple truth because you're indoctrinating your mind. You're training yourself right now to do that. And a lot of people don't see that not being free thinkers and things like that. Look at the uh, the situation. Look at everything going on in the world and look and try to look at it through faith eyes. Look at it through God's eyes. What is God showing us in this moment? This is a moment of examination right now, but it's going to take your faith eye, my God, to see it. Uh, remember, like I said, there will be times of stress, uncertainty, and failure. We will be tired. We will be tried. We will be tested to go through setbacks, difficulties, and suffering. A lot of that is going on right now. We need to understand faith in real heartfelt way so can keep our eyes fixed upon the Lord. That is what faith is for, especially right now. If you're talking about, uh, uh, even if you don't have any faith right now, the best thing you can do is this is the moment to exercise it. 
So if you don't have any faith, you can exercise your faith and, and start to try to develop it right now to at least get to the size of a mustard seed. Then for those that are at the size of a mustard seed right now, bam, maybe we can get to, to the size of a grape. And then those that are the size of a grape, maybe we can get to the size of a tangerine. Those that have faith the size of a tangerine, maybe we get you to the size of an orange. And then those that have the faith of a size of an orange, maybe we get you to the size of a grapefruit. And then those that are the size of a grapefruit, maybe we get to the size of a watermelon. How's that? It's all about growth, going to the next level. What better time to exercise your faith? It's for those right now praying and say, God, give me faith. Well, God doesn't give you faith. <laughs> you give God faith. That is the gift that you give God. God responds to your faith. Oh boy, I'm in trouble. Faith will become even stronger and better through the afflictions we face. Faith must not be just an idea or a plan. It must be a reality. It must be working in you before you can be effectively used by our Lord. Many who are desiring to grow deeper in faith will find it impacting and convicting because it is from the precepts of scripture. Listen, y'all, um, this is not passed away just like let's throw stuff out at you. Listen, this is uh, in-depth going into what faith really is. Now, you know, because we always use the scripture. Now faith is. Well, we are going to use that scripture, but not how you think uh, you, everybody uses it. So we're about to go into that. Understand this from Romans 1.17 for it is the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. See, this is, this is a lifestyle, living by faith. So if we go live by faith, you know, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, but the, everything's, but the evidence of things not yet seen. But this is a lifestyle of living that. And uh, we go talk about what is faith. And there's many scriptures uh, in uh, that we went over uh, earlier that I told you, but what is faith is in a whole bunch of those scriptures that I gave you when we started this conversation. But we are, we're going to talk about that Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is, like we just said, the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Understand this. Watch this. Christ is what we hope for. Stop right there. <laughs> you know, we try to use our faith in this society for things. For cars, money, church buildings, things like that. But really... Your faith is what you're supposed to hope for is Christ. Christ is what is to be seen. Faith is the promise of God that gives us the hope and confidence so we can receive, act on, obey, and trust God's promises because God is sovereign and trustworthy. We can trust God for the future because we can see what he has done in the past from creation to testimonies, to his infallible word. Faith, watch this, y'all, reassures us of God's love and grace and gives us direction and motivation for the Christian life. Faith, wow, boy, here we go, looks to and is fueled by hope. It gives us optimism, builds our confidence, helps us to be bold, to remain faithful, and pre preserve in faith. Uh, I'm sorry, y'all. See, get me all excited. It means and preserve in faith, all for the glory of the risen Lord and the building of his kingdom. Listen, you can start to see that there is a 
misunderstanding about what faith is. You see why we have to go over exactly uh, what faith is right now uh, and how to apply it? Because if you get understanding of what faith is and how to apply it, you really will be able to move mountains, literally, because you'll be doing it in understanding. You know, some people forget when Jesus said, if you have faith, the size of a mustard seed, they forget that word. If you have faith, the size of a mustard seed. He didn't say, you, like, I'm going to give you faith. He says, if you have faith, like, listen, I can't give it to you, but all I can do is show you who I am. Now, if you have faith and believe me, you'll be able to move this mountain. But a lot of people don't have that understanding like oh i'm just gonna have faith of a must seed and i'm just gonna move mountains yeah faith without works is dead see that mountain you're trying to move and whatever you're trying to get to what you think quote unquote god has for you listen you don't even believe it it's too big for you and your faith is so little you're looking at it like well yeah I i'm gonna say the words you'd like trying to convince yourself but listen we go get through all of that so you can have that confidence okay i'm getting ahead of myself also remember, faith in and of itself will not save you or empower you. It is the object of the faith that does this. The object of that faith is Jesus the Christ. So you, I say Jesus the Christ, not Jesus Christ. Christ is not Jesus' last name. So it's Jesus the Christ as our Lord. Faith means that we are committed to Jesus. It is our faith that puts us in Jesus and keeps us remaining in him, Romans 1, 17. Thus, we as Christians, which really, that is a slang term. That's what the Jews call, uh, uh, it's like calling a black person the N-word. That, that We really are disciples of Jesus, disciples of Christ. But for this, so to make it easier, when I say Christians, trust me, I don't agree with the term Christians because it was a slang term biblically. You can look that up for yourself. Thus, we as Christians must live by faith. 1 Corinthians 1, 22 through 30. Faith is putting into practice our trust, assurance, hope, and conviction. Faith is not a force we obtain or manipulate or control. Uh-oh. Oh, boy, that's going to hurt right there. Somebody, listen, I'm going to say that for somebody out there right now. Somebody just said, what are you talking about? Faith is not a force. I know Star Wars said use the force. I get it. <laughs> I love Star Wars. Star Wars is based, uh, took some parts of the Bible out of it. That's what, you know, uh, that's what Star Wars is based on. But I'm here to tell you, faith is not a force we obtain or manipulate or control. We cannot think that just because we believe in something, it must be true. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Man, we can. Huh. Does that apply right now? We cannot think just because we believe in something, it must be true. And it goes on both sides. Look at everything that's going on in the world right now. There's a lot of people uh, that believe in something and they th think it must be true. <laughs> and it's not. Just the same thing that some people would say, well, wait, what you think, uh, you think something is tr uh, that you think must be true. You're absolutely correct. I'm just saying there's a whole lot of that going on right now. If this were so, we could go to the supermarket and believe we are a cucumber, which would not make us a cucumber. Listen, Christianity is not based on fairy tales or superstitions, but on fact and reality. Faith is not subjective based on feelings or personal ideas. Rather, it is substantive based on fact and reality. Faith. 
watch this, is based on knowledge given by God. Faith is based on historical evidence, logical reasoning. Come, let us reason together. The confidence in who God is and valid testimonies. We have a wide body of knowledge. Come on, y'all. Y'all better walk with me on this. The Bible is a collection of 66 books written. Now, don't get me started on that. It's really more books. Some people say, what are you talking about, Wade? The Bible says 66 books. Yes, absolutely. But there have been some books that have been omitted. And everybody knows that. I mean, we overlooked that, but it's really uh, 60. It's more than 66 books. We as a collective body only acknowledge, or when it was made, the church agreed of the 66 books, but there's really more books. But don't get me started on that. So, but the Bible, as we know it, even though there's more books, I'm putting my disclaimer, collection of 66 books written over 2000 year period of time by dozens of authors were all inspired by the Holy Spirit. And just consider the millions of personal testimonies and thousands of volumes of works by gifted authors and teachers. The Bible is reality and truth. Listen, somebody like, how do we know the Bible is reality and truth? Well, the Bible is really a, a historical event that have, have occurred. That's what the Bible is, literally. I mean, even though we we know that it's God's last will and testament, he's used different evangelists and prophets uh, to be able uh, to write down and keep a track of what he was doing and what the people were doing at that time. That's what the Bible is. So it is a very uh, true reality and historical account. The Bible also tells us about faith. Faith is simple, but not simplistic. Listen, this thing ain't easy. It's complicated. Uh, it's not just simple belief because even the demons believe, and you can find that in James 2 19 even the demons believe in the Bible listen do you know Satan knows the Bible better than you do I don't care who Bishop Tutu the Bishop of all bishops right now don't know the Bible better than Satan right now don't know the Bible better than any angels don't know the Bible better than God so you got to understand even the enemy believes in the Bible do you know Satan doesn't even have to have faith he doesn't need it he already know God's is real he already know God is true he already know what God can do faith is for us the evidence of things not seen. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. I hope I'm bringing it clear. I hope I'm bringing it home for somebody. You got to understand what's going on here. Faith is not blind trust because we know one thing who is leading. Faith is still trusting what is not seen and believing our God. It combines belief with trust. We are to believe in Christ, not just about him. Faith provides the quote unquote, and I'm holding my bunny quotes in the air, substance and essence of our relationship with our Lord. It looks to our future and it is our hope. Remember know the big three, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of the three is love. Listen, listen, listen. You need the big three, faith, hope, and love. And if it's not done in love, listen, it don't mean anything. Also, faith is a uh, two-way street. Some say we receive it from God. I don't necessarily believe that. Well, God has given us an example that we believe uh, in him or we've experienced him in some way. So therefore, we give him our faith, which is our trust. And he responds to our faith. So, and then, um, so it was, here's an example. Like, when Peter in the boat, as far as walking on water. So Peter said, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. Uh, Jesus said, come. So what happens is Peter 
because we had the experience with Jesus and who Jesus is. Basically, exercises faith, gave Jesus the gift of faith. Here, Jesus responds to his faith by allowing him, allowing Peter to be like him. So you see, Jesus didn't give Peter faith. Peter had to receive who Jesus is. And therefore, because he received who Jesus is, he exercised his faith. And therefore, Jesus responded to it by allowing him to be like him. I hope I helped somebody on that. Let's get into some points real quick. It won't be quick, but we're going to try to get through them as fast as we can. Faith is the instrument and not the cause. Christ is a cause. Listen, cause and causality, cause and effect. Listen, the reason why you have faith is because of Jesus, because of God. For God so loved the world that he gave, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So faith is the instrument, not the cause. Uh, uh, Christ is the cause. You can find that in Galatians 2, 15 through 16, 3 through 12. 3 to 24, Hebrews 9 and 11 through 15 and 10, 1 through 4. I said I wasn't going to do that, but we got to do it because I know some people are going, wait, where'd he get that from? I just want to let you know exactly where I got that from. Faith is the instrument and not the cause. Christ is the cause because we have confidence in God and in his plan and the purpose for our lives. We can then act on faith. Faith is based on the faithfulness of our Lord and not our goodness. Just as we, you know, back in the day when animals were sacrificed in the Old Testament was a means of forgiveness and surrendered attitude because of a loss of something precious, but not the cause of the Jews' salvation. The reformers called this uh, quote-unquote meritorious ground for our justification, explaining that faith is the soil that the seed of justification is planted into. Christ is that soil. As we give our lives to Jesus in faith, he in turn, talking about Jesus, gives us his righteousness. Remember I said with Peter, you know, Peter gave him faith. He allowed him to be like him. He gave Peter his righteousness. Faith will generate real, impacting Christianity so we can become a committed disciple and build his church. And I'm not talking about the church building. Build his church mean build his people. The people are the church, not the building don't get me started on that. If you want to understand faith, you must be willing to understand our Lord. Your faith, our faith, is, an only, is only as good as the object into which you place it. If it is money, oh boy, this going to hurt, or power, oh boy, it will be weak and lifeless. Don't get mad at me. Somebody just got mad at me. Because, you know, some people uh, use faith just for money and power. And therefore, you'll be weak and lifeless. I'm just saying, don't get mad at me. I'm only the messenger. If it is in false teachings or personal ideas, it will be dead. There's a lot of false teachings and personal ideas going on around right now. Faith must be in our living God by way of his working in each and every one of us. Listen, during the times that we're going through right now, listen, faith need to be working in us right now as ever before. Trust me, y'all. 
Listen, there's a lot of deception uh, going on right now. People are paralyzed, not moving. Man, they're not using their their faith eyes, using uh, their discernment that God has given them because of uh, it's okay to be afraid. But now some of it, a lot of it has turned from being afraid to straight out fear. I was watching uh, TV, you know, because I like watch ESPN because I don't watch the news, you know, the, the bad news that everybody get in on CNN, in the CB, CBS, NCBC, all MCs. I don't, I don't do all that. Listen, I, I keep up to date exactly what's going on. Listen, I won't be listening to Dr. Fauci, uh, uh, CDC, all that kind of stuff, because a lot of stuff, as we know, uh, lies, they're backtracking on it. You know, there's a lot of misconception, misunderstandings, all that kind of stuff. But one thing I heard one guy say, even on the sports channel, is he said, uh, because he's been doing his broadcast basically from his uh, attic. And he said, playing out bluntly, and I, and I had to pray for him because I was like, man, that's sad. He says, I'm terrified to go outside <laughs> because of everything that's going on because of quote unquote COVID. He said, I'm terrified to go outside. My man's basically trapped himself in his attic and working for ESPN to do uh, uh, his show. And I was like, that's the saddest thing in the world. I was like, bro, so you don't, you ain't even going to the store or nothing, dog? I mean, everything's just online for you or your family? I mean, are you seeing family or, or what's going on? But he literally said that on national television, I'm terrified. Like, wow. And so that was just a microcosm of an example of what's going on in the world. How many people are terrified right now? Living in fear. So, and then they can't exercise their faith because they're living in fear. I got people ducking and dodging me like, you know, you come around, they won't touch you. Like, oh, my God. Like, and this was in church. Like, you know, talking about, yeah, I don't, uh, uh, we got to, we, we're doing this thing now in church right now, which is, is very interesting when we do come around each other because, you know, we're recording stuff like that. People are walking around. Are you a hugger? Are you not a hugger? Or, you know what, you know, uh, I can't hug you, but I'll give you some uh, some uh, elbow bumps and stuff like that. And then have the nerve out of their mouth to say, well, you know, uh, I, I don't wear a mask around people I love and care about. <laughs> Wait a minute. So I'm not one of those people either. OK, great. <laughs> now that I know where we stand, people don't understand that relationships are being fractured are broken right now. And before quote unquote, the institution of church starts back up where we can get back to whatever we try to get back to uh, in church, there's got to be a reconciliation party because there's a lot of broken relationships right now because of what people believe right now, of the division that's going on because the real virus is not COVID. Even though COVID in some forms is real, the real virus that's killing everybody right now that's affecting or infecting people right now is hatred and division that is the real virus and only through our faith and love and how we and hope how we treat one another is the only way we can conquer this thing oh man i'm so in so much trouble man i should just stop right now we could man does somebody still love me somebody need to listen hit me up on real pastor wade way to spell w-a-i-d on my facebook instagram or twitter just man hashtag me uh just showing me some love man just let me know if you still love me if you still my friend hashtag friend hashtag something just show me some love right now because i feel like i'm on an island by myself and that's the thing sometimes is it's okay to believe what you go to believe 
But man, sometimes you just feel like, God, am I crazy? Or listen, I, I'm trying to see it. I'm trying to uh, look at both sides of it. But man, sometimes it's tough. Sometimes you need friends. And luckily, I have uh, some close friends that when we look at things, we look at it uh, objectively. We look at it to where, listen, we, uh, you know what would make me happy right now, y'all? If the church would just admit other than this COVID thing and the social unrest, that there's something going on behind the scenes. Like everything is just not as black as white as they saying. If they would just admit that, I think we could just free ourselves up. If they just know that there's something going on more than what they're seeing right now. If they would just admit that, I'm telling you, that would free up the church right now. But people don't believe in the, the world behind the world. They don't believe uh, in secret societies. They don't, they don't believe that only a few people really control the world. They don't believe those kinds of things. And therefore, the media can tell you exactly what you want, what they want you to know, uh, and then what's going to happen. You're going to react to it, not respond, not taking a look at everything, not looking at everything in its totality. Oh, boy. This is where faith come in. But I'm going to leave that alone. Next thing, the theological uh, meaning of saving faith. So theological meaning. Theological means the study of God. So uh, we always already know that uh, when you talk about uh, God says also in his Isaiah, your ways are not my ways. Your thoughts are not uh, my thoughts. So uh, we're trying to get back and trying to see how God sees it. But you're going to need your faith eye to do that. You got to understand uh, back in the day, and well, not back in the day, long, 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 long time ago, in Protestant, Reformed, and Evangelical theology, faith comes to a person by what is called justification by faith alone. This was the rallying cry of the Reformation. This was the main point that caused Luther and, and Calvin to challenge the Catholic Church and its teachings. This is also the cornerstone of Protestant theology that Christ, through his work, gave us, quote-unquote, pardon. This pardon is from the penalty of death because of sin, and there is nothing we could ever do to earn this pardon. It is purely by God or Jesus' acceptance of us that we are saved. That's Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. There is nothing that we can add to it, such as good works or clean living. Justification means that much like a blanket, God's righteousness is covering us from his wrath and punishment. It is like getting a speeding ticket. Wow. How many of y'all got that? Going to court and having the judge declare you innocent, even though you were speeding to God, you are clean, covered by quote unquote atonement, which is Jesus righteous covering over our sinful being. This is what Jesus has done for each and every one of us. This creates our reconciliation to God. As we are our imperfect relationship to him before the fall, talking about the fall of, of man, uh, Adam in the garden, we are now again in harmony. God has a righteous basis for our justification through the sacrifice of his son for our sins. Grace, watch this, was not cheap for God. Christ paid or Jesus paid a great debt by pleasing God's wrath, both in the metaphysical pain and the human pain of the crucifixion. That's Levi 16, Psalms 103, 12. Our independence is a slap in the face, and he can do nothing 
in us until it is removed. That's John 3, 5. Let us pray to be cleansed by the atonement death or the atoning death of our Savior who bore our punishment and lived out the law on our behalf. Remember, you know, we always say the scripture, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of his peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Understand this, some uh, Jews take issue, or Jewish culture takes issue with this, saying it is unbiblical that God cannot overrule his own law, citing Deuteronomy 25.1 and Proverbs 17.15. However, watch this, they do not realize that Jesus himself is the righteous one, and he lived a perfect life in our place as the designated hitter in baseball. Listen, I always tell you, you know, because my example, I hate going back to this, but these are the times we live in, y'all. You know, everybody want to talk about follow laws of the land. You can't, you ain't supposed to meet. The governor said can't have more than 100 people all at one time, blah, 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 blah. And everybody want to get upset at John MacArthur. I don't even believe, I don't even believe everything he said. I don't even agree with, I should say, everything he said. But on this issue, I agree with. Basically, he's meeting. Got 3,000 people there. He also set up a side where people, because he didn't invite them, they just came. He also set up a side where people want to social distance, have a mask, so he's honoring both sides and doing the law at the same time. But people want to say, oh, follow laws of the land, he ain't supposed to do that. Well, well, they don't know the First Amendment of the Constitution, which is the law of the land. And what I tell everybody is Jesus blatantly on purpose, and don't take my word for it. You can go in your Bible, go to Matthew, <laughs> Mark, Luke, and John, and you just read the story. Read. <laughs> just read. You can't even take it out of context, and you will see. He blatantly, without question, made sure that he did whatever the Pharisees or the scribes said. He did the exact opposite to show them, I am the law. I came to fulfill the law because because of their legalistic ways, they wouldn't even allow people to heal people on the quote unquote Sabbath day, which is a shame. It's kind of like now we got people right now with the gifts of healing right now, since everybody want to be quote unquote scared of COVID. Here's my question. These people of gifts of healing. They won't even use their gift that divinely was given to them to touch people and heal them. I'm just saying, because they want to, quote unquote, socially distance, because now self-preservation has now kicked in versus going, wait a minute, hold up, hold up. And I'm not talking about for those that don't have, I'm talking about for real. There's serious people that got the divine gift of healing that basically, and I know a lady that has the divine gift of healing, like without question. But there are some people right now that have the healing power. If they would just use it during this time, God could manifest himself in a way that we've never seen before. But because of fear has spread, because now they got this thing social distancing right now, the enemy is keeping everybody separate because how can two walk together unless they agree right now? See, he said where two or three are gathered there I am in the midst. He can't be gathered right now. He ain't in the midst of nothing. Because why? Everybody want to keep a distance. Oh, boy. I'm, man, I'm, I'm in trouble. I'm in so much trouble right now. But it is what it is. So when you talk about exercising faith right now, how to apply it right now, listen, you're going to have to figure out what you actually believe in this moment. Next thing, fate 
and philosophy versus faith and doctrine. Faith is looking at what must be, uh, what has been decreed by whoever is in charge, whether it is your boss or God's sovereignty. But doctrine is what uh, God has revealed to us to understand, not because it must be, but because this is what the best for us on our behalf. Furthermore, watch this, since it's the best, then it obviously should and must be the best for us. Philosophy tells us that faith is blind. However, doctrine has eyes of love. Philosophy only looks to itself. Doctrine looks to God. Listen, there's a lot of false doctrines right now. Listen, there's more people want to believe and want to mix uh, Plato, Aristotle, Socrates. They want to mix that with the Bible and go with philosophies is, 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 without going with God's doctrine. And this is a problem right now. Philosophy has no compassion or liberty or impacting application to create freedom, faith, or to glorify God. Fate is without care. Fate, F-A-T-E, is without care, love or understanding. Doctrine shows us our faith. It is the care and the love and the kindness that abounds because he first, which is God, loved us. Faith and predestination are also the voluntary choices of the sanctified Christian because God is working and foreordained it. This is not a contradiction as it transcends normal thinking. Listen, we got to get past uh, our, our thinking. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our own thoughts. This is the time to where you can really develop your relationship with God and increase your faith by applying it. But we got to go back to the basics, y'all. Oh, boy. Providence in scripture means that God is in total control, and thus we can trust our Lord completely. Whatever unfolds before us, providence fuels our faith. It does not obstruct it. The ultimate love of God is that he laid down his life for his enemies. Next thing, faith produces hope. Woo, this is big, y'all. Watch this. Hope is eternal love. It is our forward outlook to be in Christ forever. This produces joy and strengthens our faith, which Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us, quote unquote, the substance of things hoped for. Hope is our future with Christ in glory in heaven. The opposite of hope is despair and hopelessness. This is the rotten trait that keeps people oppressed and stagnates, rendering them unable to grow and succeed in life and in faith. It only sees the problems and circumstances and not the light of Jesus. Oh, my God, that preaches itself, y'all. When we keep our focus on circumstances, we will see little or no hope. We can only attain hope by being in Jesus and having our eyes focused upon him. Jesus is to be our anchor and our hope, even in the time of COVID, even in the time of social unrest, even in the time uh, of uncertainty, he is supposed to be the hope. This is where we're supposed to be using our faith. This is where we're supposed to be looking to the things hoped for. Oh my goodness. Hope calls us to patience and, and confidence for service in all aspects of life from the great times to the bad. It keeps us fixed on Christ in times of adversity so that we can endure suffering and continue his call. Uh, that's, I got to give y'all the scripture. That's Romans 5, 1 through 5, uh, 8 and 18 and 25. Hope must be our focus to us and to others. It must never be phony, 
or oppressed. That's 1 John 3 and 3 and 4 and 18. Hope is the effect of faith. Let me say that again. Hope is the effect of faith, which grows our spiritual maturity and character through our obedience and trust in our Lord. If you have no hope, watch this, then you have no vision, no purpose, no trust, and no faith in one who loves you. Hope allows you to live with the perspective of eternity. So you're not bogged down in your dire circumstances. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible's clear that hope deferred, make it the heart sick. But when it comes, it is like a tree of life. Ladies and gentlemen, some of you right now don't have no hope and you're making yourself sick. Guess what? The tree of life is coming, but you got to believe that you got to have faith in that and stop looking at the circumstances of everything right now. If you want to know how to apply your faith, listen, faith, hope and love. Those are the big three. You got to have all three if you want this thing to work. My goodness. Next thing. Faith produces faithfulness. Woo! Faithfulness is the gluing. You know that glue? That gluing fruit that uh, will preserve our faith and the other characters of the spirit and identify God's will so we can be dependable and trusting to God and others. It is the one fruit that we give to God. Woo! Faithfulness. That's, that's major right there, y'all. Faith, when you talk about the fruit of the spirit, that is the one thing that we give to God. We give him our faith. That is major. I'm going to say it again. It is the one fruit that we give to God, whereas the others, such as love or humility, are a result of the spirit working in us. Faithfulness is authenticity, the power and motivation for Christian living. Because God is trustworthy with us, we can be faithworthy in him. When we are not exercising our faith, watch this. We will be consumed with doubt and distrust the opposite of God's call and plan for us. We will lose our trust and hope that God is in control. When we do this, we will lose or miss out on seeing God come through with his promises. Listen, y'all, now you see why we missing it. We are missing it right now because God's going to come through. But how are we going through right now? Oh, boy, I'm just, I want to do my praise dance right now, but I can't because my back hurt. But I'm going to keep going now, right now. Also, understand this. Faithfulness is very difficult to have or hold on to, especially when applying it to our church, work, and relationships. We tend to lose our patience with God thinking he is just a blessing machine. Uh-oh, uh-oh, I'm, I'm glad I'm not looking at nobody right now. I'm glad I'm not looking at nobody right now because we know a whole bunch of people looking at God as a blessing machine. And then when we don't get what we want, we leave him because of our uncertainty. My goodness, I'm going to keep going. That preaches itself, y'all. Yet faithfulness is the fruit that we give to God so he can change us inside and out. It is the ability to take what Christ has done in us and with loyalty and trust, be a blessing to others. Faithfulness 
goes against modern psychology and the thinking of society as it requires us to move beyond ourselves. Psychology tells us, and you know I'm a psych major, y'all, tells us to be egocentric, putting the me first, uh uh-oh, and the rearranging the world to suit our needs, which creates self-destruction and broken relationships. We got a lot of that going on, y'all. We have to keep the goal of faithfulness in our minds always as it will allow God to work deeper and us to respond to his call. God has bigger things at stake that he wants for you much more than the petty complaints we voice or the things we ask of him. Listen, don't get mad at me, y'all. Remember, God does not want our complaints. Thus, he will not give us an answer for them. Rather, he wants our obedience so he can use us more in better ways. Listen, let's go forward. We almost done. Faith produces optimism, y'all. Optimism combines hope and faithfulness into synergy. The combination supercharges and becomes more than just the sum of its parts. To be positive for Jesus, it is a heartfelt confidence that everything will come out for the best as Paul proclaimed, no matter what happens. It will help us to think the best of and be positive with people and in all situations, even if we are proven wrong. Don't get me started, y'all. We're going further. Let's go deeper. When we are not exercising optimism, we will be pessimistic. Give off to cynicism, to our family and our friends, and operate all of our relationships with distrust, doubt, and sarcasm. These are the opposites of God's call to faith. These bad characteristics will help us see and dwell on the fact that the glass is half empty. Ouch, that's going to hurt. Not that it's half full. We will only recognize the negative. Oh, are we only recognizing the negative now? Is the glass half empty right now? Is that where the world is right now? Matter of fact, the world is saying the glass not even half empty. It's half. It's just empty. But guess what? The glass is ne- is always full because it, it the air occupies the space in the glass. Oh, don't get me started. Oh, don't get me started. Oh, don't get me started. Uh, we only recognize the negative and look for the worst in people and situations. There are times when we need to be careful and cautious, because, but constant negativity will get us nowhere. Faith, listen, y'all, is the foundation and rock on which we stand. Hope is the confidence and the expectation that God's promises will be fulfilled. Optimism combines the two. So our faith turns into conviction and enthusiasm. We also, the Bible talks about passion and our hope and faith turns into certainty. So when we are filled with his spirit and we are true to the word, we can put his call into action with passion. We will be motivated, listen to me, y'all, to seek training and to hone our knowledge and prepare us for our call to better glorify our Lord. Listen, y'all, that's what it's all about. We need to be glorifying God right now in, the, in our actions, in our lifestyle, in our faith. Now y'all trying, now you see why I say the church is failing as a body? We should be leading the forefront on this thing. We're not afraid of COVID. Do you know COVID is is just the renamed flu? That's all it is. 
So there is nothing out there in the world right now because Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. There is nothing new out there that is worse than what's already there from Remember H1N1C1, whatever that was, from SARS to flu, influenza. We didn't even go talk about AIDS. Uh, Cancer is still running rapid. Uh, Heart disease, diabetes. Listen, COVID ain't worse than none of those at all. But don't get me started, y'all. But why can't we just live in faith and understand that? Instead of listening to the news. Listening to one doctor. One. One who's really a paid government official. One, listening to all the news outlets instead of reading our word, having faith in God. He said he's redeemed us from poverty, sickness, and death. Don't get mad at me. That's what the word says. So you can take that uh, uh, and take that to God. He said, I redeemed you from poverty, sickness, and death. Listen, listen, listen. Don't get mad at the messenger. Just, you got to know, you, this is the time to ask yourself, what do you believe? But it's going to take your faith to that. We still got people getting flu shots. Are you serious right now? And wondering why they sick. Well, do you know when you get a flu shot, they're injecting the, the flu inside of you. <laughs> I've never gotten a flu. I haven't gotten a flu shot since I was a kid. So I've never understood the philosophy. You're going to inject the flu inside of me so my body can build up antibodies. So you're going to actually make me sick. Then people want to wonder why, well, I don't feel too good because you just injected a virus in you. When your body has already been built to kill any viruses, it's already built that way. Because also, do you know our medicine is in our food, not in drugs? Don't get me started. Don't get me started. But it takes faith to believe that. Here, Here's a story. Three months ago, we were on a Bible study with our pastor and his first lady, Erica. And they brought a woman on who uh, basically, uh, she was healed from cancer. But here's the deal. Her mom had, had been diagnosed with cancer and she did it the doctor's way. Chemotherapy, the whole nine. And then she transitioned, so it didn't work. Then the daughter ends up getting diagnosed with cancer later. So the daughter goes, hmm, she has a choice to make now. Now I could do it the doctor's way, but what does the word say? So she said, I'm going to do it the supernatural way. I'm going to have God super meet my natural. And then she started to look up all the foods that had medicine in it that could fight cancer. A year later, cancer-free, healed. Why? Because she decided to use her faith. She exercised her faith to believe what God said about it, not what the doctor said about it. My problem right now with the church is everybody wants to believe what the world and the government say about stuff and not what God says about it. Oh my goodness. And then you got some people in their ignorance going, well, we not God or Jesus, are we? No, we're not. But my Bible says, uh, you'll do greater things than me. That's what he said. We are an extension of God's hand. God is looking at somebody who's available who would just believe. I'm raising my hand, God, right now. I believe. <laughs> Use me as you see fit. Now, when you say that, you got to know something's coming because the way God is going to use you, it ain't going to be the way you think. But you got to be willing to accept that. But if it's for God's glory, come on, God. I'm available to you. I'll, I'll look crazy for you. I'll look stupid for you. I'll let people talk about me, call me an anti-vaxxer, anti-masker. I'll let them talk about me. I'll let them hate me because I don't believe what they believe. That's fine. 
all for your glory, God. But don't get me started. <laughs> also, we said, uh, again, faith is the foundation of rock on which we stand. Hope is the confidence and the expectation of God's promises will be fulfilled. Optimism combines to, uh, so our faith turns into conviction and enthusiasm, and our hope and faith turn into the certainty. So then, we are filled with the Holy Spirit and are true to the word. We can put his call into action with passion. We will be motivated to seek training, to hone our knowledge, and prepare us for the call to better glorify the Lord. We will be filled with passion so we can stand longer in service for our Lord, even in the times of stress and persecution. We will be motivated to seek justice and be fair. Real optimism will help us sink our roots in the awareness and knowledge of who we are in Jesus and the power of his grace. Optimism is not a wish. Optimism is not a wish and academic thought, positive or hopeful thinking, nor is it just the confidence that everything will turn out all right. Rather, it is real and tangible. Oh my goodness. So optimism is real and tangible, y'all. Listen, listen. This is a lot. I know. This is a lot right now. And we're going to continue uh, this conversation <laughs> later. Because I know right now, I have given you all a lot right now. We have discussed a whole bunch right now when you talk about applying faith. You see why it's gonna, we're going to be here for a minute? I have... Do you, y'all, if y'all could just see how much it is on faith, I'm telling you, if we get this understanding of how to apply it, I'm telling you, you're going to be able to really move mountains. Ladies and gentlemen, I pray you enjoyed our time together as much as I did. Thank you for tuning in to episode one of How to Apply Faith. I thank you for all the support and the responses. New episodes will release every Thursday on iTunes and Spotify at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Please remember to subscribe and don't just listen to these episodes just once. Get them ingrained in your spirit. Remember, faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Also, for anything to become a habit psychologically takes 60 to 90 days, 66 to be exact. Remember, in all thy getting, get understanding and then practice implementing what you have learned. Remember, faith without works is dead. Apply these tools to take your faith to the next level. A special thanks to my man. Kevin Clayton at I Am Music Group for producing this show. Erica Duff for the artwork. She does an amazing job, y'all. And also she does uh, little clips of the show uh, for my Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter uh, with different uh, key points that I say. Uh, simply amazing. Uh, Kevin and I Am Music Group, also his wife, G, they take good care of me. Uh, and all, everybody that's associated with the I Am Music Group family, they do an amazing job. The Flow Therapy Morning Show with Coco B and Frank Nitty on the Uncommon Gospel Radio network alex teamer aka 18 for the baseline pastor warren camel and lena bird miles for this is the day intro and get up mornings with erica camel that's our first lady a special shout out to the california worship center family in north hollywood and remember to subscribe to this is a day on whatever podcast platform you use you can also follow me on facebook instagram or twitter at real pastor wade and wade is spelled w-a-i-d and remember to post any subject times you like discussed on this is a day facebook page or give me feedback on my facebook or instagram stories on what you thought about the conversation always remember y'all god believes in you 
and so do I. Till next time, this is the day. This is always the day for breakthrough, victory, redemption. Thank you for tuning in. Remember to subscribe to This Is The Day with Pastor Wade on any podcast platform that you use. You can interact with Pastor Wade with questions, comments, or subject titles you would like discussed. You can follow Pastor Wade at Real Pastor Wade, that is Real Pastor W-A-I-D, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.